Scotland, 1772. Derek stood on the windswept moor above the village, his tartan plaid whipping around him, enveloping him like a great green shroud. He could see the ships in the distance, their white sails settling in moray firth like immense white gulls, bobbing on the surface of the blue water. Various ships of commerce, royal ships of war, and smaller privateers were willing to be hired if the price was right. He turned to see Doran hurrying down the footpath toward him, her dark hair flying loose in the wind, a tiny bundle tucked under one arm. Derek, she cried breathlessly. I thought I would find you here. I have been searching for you. They are ready, waiting for you to meet them at the point. They will take you to the ship from there. She paused and turned away, her eyes filling with sudden tears. When the bundle moved slightly, she relaxed her confining grip on the wee babe cradled in her arm. I know, lass, he answered, looking across the moor, not wanting to meet her eyes. I must go. It's a great weight on me heart, to be sure, a terrible sadness to bear. I was just a-looking over the green moorland, watching the rolling of the sea, listening for the whistle of the stag, trying to remember, to keep her in my mind. Like as not, I'll not see her resting place again, nor are the likes of Bonnie Scotland. Not in this life. No, Derek, don't say it. You will come back to Scotland some day. This terrible disposition can't last forever. The king has promised us lands along the southern coast, on the western shore. Ye can return to Scotland, Derek. It's not too late to change your mind. Even now. The ship can wait. Lands along the western coast. Can we graze our sheep there, our cattle? Can we till the rocks? Can we arm ourselves, protect our homes? Nay, we cannot. That coast is not a habitation, Doran. It's a prison. We have been driven from our good lands, and I, for one, will not abide it. I want more for me, sons. More for ye, Doran. I will find a new homeland, and God willing it will be ours forever. No one will take it from us. So help me God. Seeing her distress, Derek softened. Well now, Doran, don't be so grieved, lass. I will send for ye and the barons by and by. He looked at his twin sister with great sadness, his piercing blue eyes searching her grief-stricken face, now streaming unashamedly with tears. He wrapped his comforting arms around her, and for the first time since the death of his wife, he allowed the tears to come. They came in great shuddering gasps, his powerful body racked with the fierceness of his emotion. Doran wept with him, and the wee babe wept too, as if sensing their despair. It's late, lass. I must not keep them waiting. Derek lifted the babe from her arms and removed the cloth from around the tiny face. Blue eyes stared back at him, and a tiny fist reached from beneath the blanket to hold tightly to Derek's finger as though to keep him there. Doran wept as Derek kissed his babe with a gentleness odd to a man of such great size and strength. 
He stared long at the rounded features of the babe, looking into the clear eyes, staring back with curious boldness. A slight smile curved the corners of Derek's mouth. Aye, laddie, remember that ye are a Davidson and a Scotsman. One day we shall raise our fist to the arrogant King George, and one final glorious battle for freedom. But until that day, laddie, remember Scotland, remember your father, and that ye are a free man, a Davidson.'